not O gentle Savior Hear my humble cry
for he is worthy of all praise. And we thank him for to him, to him, the one who created the heaven and earth, the one who spoke the universe into existence, the one who hung the stars, the moon and the sun and the sky, the one who created everything that we see. Uh, we come today, give them all the glory and all the honor that we can muster. To him, to him be the glory. Uh, one of the things that seems to be so misunderstood in our world today is God's love, or I should say the meaning of God's love. You see, love is an attribute of God, but so is holiness and justice. And they cannot work independent from one another. This is why God uh, cannot tolerate sin and could not accept us as sinners because it would be in violation of his holiness and his justice. Uh, and this is where Jesus comes in at to help us because Jesus, who is also holy, paid the price for our wrongs, therefore satisfying God's holiness and his justice. And now God can love us through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. Well, somebody ought to say hallelujah and give God the glory. We thank him. Uh, God loves us and the world, but it cannot uh, act out of apart from Jesus Christ. The world cannot understand this. That is why John 6, 3, 16, which we covered last Sunday, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. <laughs> Thank God for that. In our text for today, Jesus and his disciples kind of confirm all of this. Uh, but there are two conditions of God's love. Actually, there are more, but we're going to cover two of them today. Two conditions of God's love that he requires in order for him to act on his love for us. Uh, these conditions must be met uh, in order for us to receive the full force of God's love. Please know that God does love us in these times that we're going through as we are confined to our homes. Make no mistake about it that God's love is still there. And so uh, these conditions must be met. Uh, once we understand all of this, uh, we will be well on our way to experiencing the, the full force of God's love. And so I want to talk to you today using my title, Two Conditions of God's Love. Uh, two Conditions of God's Love. Our text will be the Gospel of John, 
chapter 16, verses 25 through 30. And we will concentrate on verse 27 and verses 29 and 30. For we are currently going through the Gospel of John in the sermon series, and today we find ourselves in the 16th chapter of God's love, of, 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 of 16th chapter of John. Remember our concentration is on verse 27, verse 29, and verse 30. In verse 27, Jesus gives us two conditions. And in verse 29 and 30, we see why the disciples believe the two conditions and meet these two conditions. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, you who sit high and look low, we come to you today, Father, although we are confined to our homes, our, our hearts are not confined to you. And so, God, we come today uh, listening for a word from you today. I ask, O oh God, that whoever's in the listening of my voice today, that you would open their hearts and you would open their minds that they might know that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And nothing, nothing is impossible for you. And so God, we ask, oh God, that whatever is said today, may it glorify and magnify and exalt your holy name today. And to you and only to you be the glory forever and ever and ever. It is in the blessed, holy, and the matchless name of Jesus that we say thank you, thank you, and amen. Now in verses 25 through 28, our sermon text tells us that Jesus says these words. I have used figures of speech to tell you these things. But the time will come when I will not use figures of speech, but will speak to you plainly about the Father. When that day comes, you will ask him in my name. And so I do not say that I will ask him on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. He loves you because you love me, and have believed that I came from God. I did not come from the Father, and I came, I, I did come from the Father, and I came into this world. And now I am leaving this world and going to the Father. In verse 27, Jesus gives us two conditions of God's for God to love us. One is God loves us because we love Jesus. Let me say that again. God loves us because we love Jesus. And the other condition is that we believe that Jesus came from God. We believe that Jesus came from God. You see, when we love someone, it should be more than just words. It should be more than just words when we love somebody. 
but our actions show how much we love that person. And in the same way, our actions show how much we love Jesus. Jesus himself says in as much, this as much in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, where he says, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. Now when Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. He is basically talking about God's moral laws. But then there is a new commandment that he gave his disciples. And us, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, where he says, and now I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. If you love one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. You see... Uh, this is how we know that we love Jesus and that God loves us. Let me say that again. This is how we know that we love Jesus and that God loves us. When we love one another without looking for something in return, when our love for one another is not just words, but also in our actions. When we tell someone we are praying for them, and then we actually do it. When we visit the sick and feed the hungry and cause somebody just to tell them that we love them. When we are willing to put our own agendas on hold in order to help our brothers and sisters. When we go beyond the normal acts of love and ascend into the self-sacrificial acts of love, these are the, some of the things that Jesus is talking about when he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. For you see, if we cannot love one another, how can we expect God to love us? When we cannot give ourselves to one another, how can we expect God to continue to bless us? For you see, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And so I say, let us love one another without asking for anything in return. Love one another simply because God loves us and also loves them. Consider some of the great acts of love 
in the Bible. In the book of Job, uh, God's love for Job's love for God in the midst of all of his troubles. And here is old man Job suffering from all the stuff that he was going through. Yet he never gave up on God. No matter what the situation was, his own body failed him. His wife turned on him. But God, but Job still trusted in God. Yes, there were times when he was doubtful about it, but he never lost hope. He never lost hope in his God. And so God is telling us that he loves us and we should hold on in the midst of trials and tribulation. We must make sure that not only do we love God, but we love one another to prove our love for God. Amen, somebody. Consider, and not only Job, but there was Peter in the book of Acts chapter 3. Here is Peter, who earlier in the Gospels was scared of a servant's voice who had turned his back on Jesus, but here he is in the, in the book of Acts chapter 3, and he's standing before the Sanhedrin council, and he will not back down because his love for Jesus was so great that he was ready to put his own life on the line. Hallelujah to somebody. And then in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 31, uh, Jonathan's love for Jesus, even though he loved his father and he loved his brothers, his love for Jesus was beyond human understanding. That's the kind of love that God is looking for in us. To go beyond the normal and go up to a higher, a higher grade of love. Love one another as God has loved us. Well, somebody knows what I'm talking about. And finally, the greatest love of all was Jesus dying for all humankind so that they might have the right to eternal life even though most people uh, do not even know it. Just think of this here. Jesus gave his life for us so now that we have the right to eternal life no matter what happens in our life. That promise is still good today and for eternity. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Thank you, Father. Uh, this is the kind of love that Jesus is talking about when he says, let us love one another. The other condition for God's love, Jesus says, we must believe that he came from God. In order for us to understand this, we must rely on some witnesses who was with Jesus when he walked the earth. I'm talking about some eyewitnesses who saw him and who touched him and spent some time in his presence. And thank God we have some and they can be trusted. 
For the Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we write to you about the word of life which has existed from the very beginning. We have heard and we have seen it with our eyes. Yes, we have seen it with our hands, have touched it. And when this life became visible, we saw it. And so we speak of it and tell you about the eternal life which was with the Father and was made known to us. What we have seen and heard, we announce to you also so that you will join us in the fellowship that we have with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And then John says, we write this in order that your joy, that your joy, that your joy may be complete. <laughs> One thing John is making clear to us in this text is that this word of life, Jesus, can be known and experienced by people today. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, now that Jesus has given us the two conditions of love and an understanding of them, let us find out how his disciples met these two conditions and received God's love. In verses 29 and 30 of our sermon text, it tells us, Jesus says, now, his, Jesus' disciples says these words, now you are speaking plainly without using figures of speech. We know now that you know everything. You do not need to have someone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You see, the response of the disciples to Jesus' teachings was that now they understood and they believed. They felt the teaching was so plain that recognizing Jesus' omniscience, meaning he knowing all things, and his divine origin, meaning he came from God, was their only response. And let us look a little closer at this. You see, Jesus' teaching was so plain and clear that there could be only one response. And that is, they believed. One response, and one only, that they believed. The text doesn't tell us that they, the disciples, understood everything. But in order to be honest with themselves, and taking Jesus for the truth, and the clarity of his words, without putting any of their own ideas and thoughts into his words, there could be only one response 
what he said was the truth. Again, they may not have understood everything that he said, but what he said could not be refuted because it was clear and it had the weight of authority in it. Not in order to know the truth about something, the source of the truth has to be without flaw. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the truth. The reason that our world is in such a sad state today is because the truth or so-called truth we hear all come from a flawed source because it comes from mankind who is flawed and corrupt and with some of their own personal agendas. That is why the Bible is so important because it is not only the written word of God but it's also Jesus who is the living word of God and both Jesus and the written word of God are flawless are perfect and are pure so whatever the Bible tells us is pure and it's clear and it is the absolute truth. So whatever we do, whatever we do, we should always check in with the written word, which is the Bible, and the living word, which is Jesus, which is also absolute truth. Whenever someone tells us they are telling us the truth, they may believe it, but we must remember that it came from a flawed and a corrupt source, the human mind. Only the written word of God can be trusted. Only Jesus, the living word of God, can be trusted. Nothing else, nothing else can be trusted. Whew, thank you, Jesus. So again, although the disciples might not have understood the words and teachings of Jesus. They believed it because they knew what the Apostle John tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God and the Word was with God. From the very beginning, the Word was with God. Through Him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without Him. The Word was the source of life and the life brought light to the people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never put it out. Woo! Hallelujah, somebody. You see, 
Jesus is the source of all life. Jesus, God spoke, and it was done, and what the word he spoke was Jesus. He spoke to the heavens, and he created the heavens and the earth, and all that we see and all that we touch. It is the word, the word, the word of God, the word of God. It is the source of all truth. It is absolute truth. It is everything that we need or will ever need. The word of God. And so the disciples, the disciples meant the two conditions of God's love by loving Jesus. Because Jesus said they love him. And believing that he came from God because Jesus told them that he came from God. And so it is with us. We believe Jesus because Jesus loves us. We believe he came from God because the Bible tells us that Jesus came from God. Hallelujah, somebody. Glory to God, somebody. Hallelujah. And so we talk about this Jesus who came from God. Uh, they did not, the disciples didn't understand it all, but they believed because there was no other response that they could give. You see, it was only the it was the only response available. And when you hear the absolute truth of God, there is only one response, and that response is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll go. Send me. Yes, Lord. That is the only response that we can give. There is no other response. There's only one response and one response only. And that is, yes, Lord. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so it is today. God is not asking us to understand everything that we hear. He's not understanding and not asking us to understand everything we read. He's not asking us to understand what's going on in the world today. He's not asking us to understand all that. He's asking us to trust in Him that He has a plan and His plan is in motion. He's also letting us know that he loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that we might have the right to eternal life. No, we don't have to understand everything, but this we know. We know that God loves us. We know God loves us because Jesus tells us that God loves us. We know that Jesus came from God because Jesus tells us that he came from God. And that's all we need to know. We don't need to understand all this here. We just have to believe and trust in God. We have to trust him. We have to trust him. We have to trust him. And so it is today, and he's not asking us to understand all his teachings because he has given us the Holy Spirit to help us understand what he wants us to understand. And so it is with us today. Here we sit today, confined to our homes, 
Here we are, confined to our homes, and we've been confined for a time here. And we, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know what the end is going to be. Because God has already told us what the end is going to be. And so, know this, my brothers and sisters. The secret things belong to God. God always, all God wants us to do is trust Him and leave the secret things to Him. And know this here, that He loves us and that He cares for us. And that when we call on His name, that He will answer. He might not answer right away, but He will answer in His own time as He sees fit. And He sees fit. And so here we are today. My brothers and sisters, the things that we don't understand, we believe because it's the only response to absolute truth. So how do we know that God loves us? By showing our love for Jesus. Not only with our mouths, but more importantly, with our actions. And also by believing that Jesus came from God. Again, we don't understand all these things that we want to. But we believe because the source is the absolute truth is Jesus. Please know, please know this, that ever since Jesus got up from the dead and ascended into heaven, and sat down at the right side of God. God has been speaking to us through His Son. Please know that this Jesus who sits at the right side of God is begging and pleading with God for us. He is lifting us up before God each and every day. And so when we get up in the morning, we ought to give Him praise. When we get up, when we get fall on our knees to pray in the morning, we ought to give Him praise. When we sit down and eat our breakfast, we ought to give Him praise. When we go on our way to work, we ought to give Him praise. We ought to praise Him all day long for what He has done for us. Not only what He has done for us, but what He is doing for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the truth. That is the absolute truth. So please know that God loves us because we love His Son Jesus and we believe that He came from God. To God be the glory for his great love to us and to Jesus who sits at the right side of God interceding for us on a daily basis we magnify we glorify we exalt your holy name today we say hallelujah to your holy name glory to God thank you father for all that you've done in our life thank you father for what you're going to do in our life thank you father for keeping us safe and sound thank you father for all that you've done to you be the glory to him to our God the creator of heaven and earth to our God 
who carved out the valleys and formed the mountains, to our God who leveled the plains, to our God who loves us, to our God who hung the stars and the moon and the sun and the sky, to our God who put fertility into our land and so that we could have wheat fields and corn fields that we might have the bread of life. To our God who created all the animals that come through the earth. To our God who gave flight to the birds of the air. To our God who created the winds that swirl around our planet. To our God who put oxygen in the air so that we might have the breath of life. To Him be the glory. To God 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 be the glory. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for these moments that we spent with you. And now, God, I ask that you would strengthen us, O oh God, for the challenge that we have ahead of us. And I ask, O oh God, that every voice that is listening to me at this time, I ask, O oh God, that your grace and your mercy might rest and abide upon them this day. I ask, O oh God, that they might know that you love them and that your love doesn't stop, that it continues to go on no matter what's going on in our lives. Your love is constant. And so, God, I ask that you would put a band of angels around them, O oh God, and that you would lift them up, O oh God, and that they might know that Jesus is their Lord, that Jesus is their Savior. And I ask, O oh God, that you would be with them during these times that we're in at this present time, O oh God. And that you would know that they might know that you have a plan and that you're working your plan, O oh God. And now, God, we ask, O oh God, that we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for allowing us to be here today, God. And to you, and only to you, be the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever, and ever, to you, and ever, and ever, to him, to him, to him, to him, to him, to him, be the glory forever and forevermore. To God be the glory. My brothers and sisters, I thank you for being with us today, and I ask that you would remember this coming Wednesday, we will have Bible study at 12 noon and at 6 p.m. Information will be given to you if you haven't already gotten it. And as I close out this sermon, remember this. Remember this. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. That God loves you. Don't let anybody tell you that he doesn't love you. God loves you and that you have a place before your heavenly father when this life is done. God bless you. My wife Brenda and I send our love to you. May God keep you and forever and ever and evermore. Amen.